Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. So good to see you. You all made it through the new year, which is exciting. That's great. I had a low-key new year this year, which was very refreshing for me. I used up all of my extroverted energies for two weeks over Christmas, and so I just I pulled back. Anybody else introvert? Anybody else an introvert? There's a couple of us. Anyway, so it was great. I'm feeling refreshed today. I literally left the house once yesterday to get crackers, and that was it, and so I'm feeling recharged, and so I'm going to bring all of that energy to you guys this morning as, yeah, whew, that's right, get ready. Um, and so today, what I want to talk about is how we as Christ followers are able to enter into the abundant life that is promised to us in the kingdom of God. Does that sound like a good thing? Yes, it does. Correct. And many of you know, let's see if this works. Many of you know I use a certain verse over and over and over again, and it's probably my life verse. I say uh, that I love John 10.10. 10. It says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give them life and life to the full, or in the ESV, and have it abundantly. So Jesus is, is uh, talking here, and he's talking about all of those who he's going to call to be his followers. He's, that my sheep will hear my voice, my, my sheep will know me. And he says that I have come to give them abundant life. That's so good. You see, the, the thief, the, the enemy or Satan or the elemental spiritual forces of evil comes to steal and kill and destroy, to bring death and destruction into our lives. But Jesus came so that we might have life. It's so good. And not only just life, but have it to the full. Have it abundantly. You see, um, in Genesis 3, many of you probably are familiar with this story, that Adam and Eve are hanging out in the garden, and God had told them, you can have anything you want. You can eat from any of the trees. Just don't eat from this particular tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And... So they're hanging out there in the garden. The, the serpent comes up and says, did God really say that you can't eat from any of these trees? And, the, and, and Eve's like, no, that's not what he said. He said we can eat from anything. We just can't eat from this tree or we will die. And the, the serpent says, you're certainly not, not going to die. Look, that fruit is good. And God knows that once you eat of it, you're going to have wisdom and you're going to be like God. So it's probably a good thing to eat that fruit. And so Eve reaches out and takes this forbidden fruit, gives it to her husband, Adam, and they both eat. And in that moment, sin comes into humanity. The whole cosmos is, is uh, corrupted because of sin. And that sin separates us from God. Now, because of that sin of Adam, we uh, are, have this sinful nature that separates us from God. And we can't get to God. We can't find the life that we want because we have rejected it. We have turned our back to it and run the other way. But Jesus, Jesus comes to bring life. It's his mission statement. I have come to bridge the gap, he says. I have come to enable you to enter into the abundant life that God wants for you. And so we see in Jesus not merely a, a good example of somebody that we should follow, though he certainly is that, 
right? He's not merely just a good example of a moral guy or an ethical leader or a, a humble servant or a man who, who loves well, though he certainly is all those things, right? But God, or Jesus came to bridge the gap so that we could have abundant, full life. So good. The consequence of sin is death and destruction. But Jesus comes to bring us life and life to the full, or life abundantly. And so I'm going to talk a lot about the abundant life this morning, so let me kind of explain what I think of when I say the abundant life. Um, uh, an abundant life would be one that is saturated, that is filled with the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the characteristics of a full and abundant life. And I think another aspect of the abundant life that we have because of Jesus Christ is that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came to earth humbly, died on a cross, uh, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father, and from there he sent the promised Holy Spirit. And as Christ followers, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. And it connects us to God. It, it reveals things to us. It reveals us the, the very words of God as we read the scripture, as we pursue him. And it is uh, the conduit by which we are able to tap in to all these characteristics of, of the kingdom of God, all these good things, all the fruit of the spirit. So when we're talking about the abundant life, we're talking about a life full of the fruit of the spirit and a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit to live abundantly. All right? And the reality is that we can live that life right now. Your best life now. I think there's a book by that title. You can live your best life now. Okay. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, you can live your best life now. Do, 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 do. Um, sorry. That was a Joel Osteen book. Um, and let me go back to my notes here. I got distracted by Joel uh, we can enter into uh, abundant life now. Uh, the reality is that um, uh, the abundant life does not necessarily mean it is going to be uh, without pain or without struggle or without difficulty, right? Um, I think that Jesus lived the most abundant life of all. He was, uh, he was full of the fruit of the Spirit. He was, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He lived an abundant and full life. And yet, he endured more suffering and pain and trouble and difficulty than you and I ever will. And so, part of the abundant life is that we have this eternal hope that we are looking forward to when Jesus comes back and we can re return uh, to uh, how we were created to be. We can live in intimate communion with God and sin is gone and death is gone and weeping is gone. All that stuff is gone and we will live in the fullness of the kingdom. And we do have that to look forward to. But we can and are expected to tap into the abundant full life even right now, even right here, in the midst of our daily trials, struggles, and tribulations. And Jesus gives us a model, he gives us a picture of how we are to enter into this fullness of life. Jesus says in Matthew 16, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life 
for my sake, will find it. You see, Jesus teaches a different avenue for seeking the abundant life than maybe you and I or our culture or the, the human nature is going to instinctively run after. Jesus shows us that our peace and our joy and our life come from pursuing in, in uh, running after Jesus, following his ways, right? It does not come from pursuing or attaining or holding on to power, right? And that's what we want to do. We want to hold on to our rights and hold on to our power, right? And we think that it's in those things that we are going to find abundant life. We're going to find freedom and joy and peace. But the reality is that we're going to look at is that those things, when we reach out for power, when we reach out for our rights, when we are, live self-focused, those things, though they promise life, actually bring death and destruction. And according to Jesus, when we lay our lives down and when we pursue him, that is where we find real life. And that seems contradictory, doesn't it? It seems like foolishness, right? It goes against everything that is inside of me wants to do, right? I, it's almost as if I was created to grasp for power and try to get my own way. And yet Jesus says that's not it. It's through dying to ourselves. It's through laying down our lives to others that we truly find peace, that we truly find this life that we're looking for. And I think that one of the keys to successful Christian living, really probably a, a key to successful living in general, is actively and continually pursuing what you want to reap. Well, that's not groundbreaking, is it? But there's this, this idea, and it took me a long time to figure this out, uh, you know, embarrassingly, that there's certain things that I want to achieve and certain things that I want to be, but I, it demands some discipline. It demands walking it out in the day-to-day. -day. Let me give you an example. When I uh, was in high school, I was in a great, fantastic rock and roll band. And, yeah, there it is. So, apparently, I've mentioned it before. So, uh, so <laughs> I've got two stories that I, that I rotate. Um, so, <laughs> I don't have time for that one. Um, so, story, this story, I was, I was in a fantastic rock and roll band, and uh, we were called Social Blunder, and we practiced in my friend Jeff's um, three-season porch. Um, it was great, and we, had, we, were really, we were really going somewhere, we were really getting good. And um, I was pretty convinced that we were going to achieve something fantastic. We were the next Green Day. All right, we were going somewhere, and that was that was impressive at the time. I really liked Green Day, big fan. Um, that's not the point, but the point is that we were going somewhere. I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. Um, Jesus intervenes, praise praise him, and he I I uh, give my life to Jesus, and I start becoming a uh, start. I start coming to church, and I get plugged into the worship team, which was great. But more and more, I found that the songs that we were singing and the things we were doing with, the, with social blunder just didn't really fit anymore. And so I walked away from that, and probably from 
fame and, and wealth that were waiting for me. But I, I, turned, I turned my back on that, and I, joined, I was on the worship team, and I thought, well, since I'm not going to be a super cool rock star in the secular world, I will become the next Matt Redman. And, and so I was like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make albums, and I'm going to write songs, and I'm going to be a rock, Christian rock star, all glory to God. But I'm going to be a Christian rock star. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, but I need to write some songs. Matt Redman writes a lot of songs. And so I, I had this, this uh, goal, right? I'm going to be the next Matt Redman. Uh, what do I need to do? I need to write some songs. That's the next step. The problem was I never actually wrote any songs. Um, but I still kind of had this dream out there. Like, it's just coming. Like, like, I was kind of waiting for just somebody to walk down the street and say, that guy's pretty good looking. Maybe he'll be the next Matt Redman, right? That never, ever happened. And I never did anything that would fulfill that dream, right? Or fulfill that, that goal. So if you, if you never write songs, you'll never have written any songs. Does that make sense? If you never write songs, you'll never have written any songs. And I wanted to have written songs, but I didn't want to go through the discipline of actually writing songs. Truth be told, I wrote two, and they were horrible. Um, uh, but that was over like six years. It's not enough to do a song every three years and expect that to, to get you anywhere. So, that's, so you have to actually purposely walk out in the, the daily disciplines in order to get to your goals. Right? Um, so let me use a positive example, not from my life, unfortunately. Um, but my daughter, Emma, is brilliant and beautiful and wonderful and creative, and she is a fantastic artist. Um, some of you may have seen her. You know, she does art, the, the prophetic art sometimes. But she didn't just, like, decide, I want to be a great artist, and all of a sudden she's drawing. She continually, for hours, draws and sketches and draws and sketches, then usually Tumblr for a while, then draws and sketches and draws and sketches, Tumblr, back and forth. Um, so, but she continually poured into this activity, and now she's reaping the benefits of it. Another example, uh, Jordan Sear, who played on our worship team this morning, the guitar player, fantastic. I remember, um, man, I don't even know how long this would have been. Like, it was, there was like potlucks. Every time there's anything at the church, Jordan's sitting with his guitar underneath the coat rack, just noodling. And I'm just like, settle down, settle down, Jordan. You know, it's... Not, it's not time to practice right now. But everywhere I go, right, there's Jordan. He's playing his guitar. He's playing his guitar. He's playing his guitar all the time. And now, look, right now he's reaping the reward. He's reaping the benefit of all that time and energy practice because he's fantastic. Sounded fantastic this morning. Good job, Jordan. Good job. All praise to Jordan. Um, all right, and so it's not enough just to play your guitar one time and expect to be great. It's not good enough just to draw one time and expect to be a great artist. It's not enough to write a song or two and ex expect to be a songwriter, right? Uh, so the key to successful living is continual positive action. Amen? Continual positive action. That's the takeaway for today. If we want to achieve something, if we want to achieve this abundant life, the fullness of life that God has promised us, it actually takes continual positive action. And this is, as I, I mentioned earlier, is a pretty biblical, um, uh, pretty, uh, biblical concept. All right? And we see it in much of Jesus' teaching, and we're just going to look at a couple passages from the Sermon on the Mount. 
um, in Matthew 7, he says, Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Um, and here's a little something I learned. Um, that these three verbs, ask, seek, and knock, are all present active imperative verbs. Oh, interesting. Imperative, meaning that these are commands, all right? And these are commands that when, when Jesus spoke them, the people listening, these were commands. Ask, seek, and knock. And when Matthew wrote this gospel down, the readers of the gospel of Matthew, this was a command to them to ask and to seek and to knock. And as, as we read the Bible today, it is a command from Jesus to us to ask, to seek, and to knock. Right? And what's interesting about these is that they're not just commands. Well, they are commands, but they're not just a one-and-done command, right? The, they're, uh, what's it called? This in, in, um, in the Greek language, here we go, watch out. In the Greek language, uh, the present active uh, can mean a continual action. Right? And so we often could read this like, ask once and it will be given, seek once and you will find, knock once and it will be open to you. But I think a, a better, and I think in this case a more accurate translation could be, continually ask and it will be given to you. Continually seek and you will find, continually knock and it will be opened for you. Right? The reality is that it's not just uh, once and then we receive, ask and we receive, seek and find, knock. But it's this lifestyle of continually asking, seeking, and knocking. You know, in order to fully obey this command, it demands a continual action on our part. And then just a chapter before that, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And again, we have this present active imperative verb that is continually seek first the kingdom of God. This, Jesus isn't saying, uh, you know, uh, say the sinner's prayer and you're all set. Or this isn't like, oh, I sought God last month or hey, I prayed or I, I, you know, I, I, I laid down my rights once last week and now everything's good. But Jesus is saying we are called to continually seek first the kingdom of God, to continually lay down our rights, to continually lay down our maybe human or natural fleshly desires and seek first the kingdom. So these actions are continual and daily. I drive that point home? Continual, daily. Um, and sometimes it doesn't feel like freedom to discipline ourselves to continually uh, move in these, in these actions, right? It doesn't feel like freedom to continually follow Jesus by continually taking up our cross. It doesn't feel like freedom to continually do this thing even when we don't feel like it or we don't want to, right? But the reality is that it's through discipline it's through continuing to move towards our goals. It's in that place that we actually find freedom. It's in that place that we actually find the abundant life that everybody is looking for. And as Christ followers, this is what we're called to do. 
This is what Jesus tells us to do. And so we have been given a new path to walk. Right? We've, given a, we've been given a, a, a new nature. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill these commands of Jesus. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered so that we can continually pursue this new path, this new nature, in order that we can find abundant life. But the reality is that as we, we realize, ah, oh, this is what I want, I want the abundant life, I want the, the fullness of life, I want to be saturated with the fruit of the Spirit, but left to my own devices, I am not going to do that. I am not going to continually lay my life down. Like, I've seen it in my own life. Left to my own devices, I am going to grasp for power, right? I am going to seek to meet my needs. I am going to seek to, to please myself first and foremost. And so I need to learn to discipline myself, to choose to remember to continually live out of this new nature that Jesus has given to me. Right? And so what I want to do is try to show you a picture. I've got so many notes. Um, uh, to kind of show you a picture of what it looks like or what I'm trying to convey about taking up our cross and continually following Jesus. Skip that. Skip. That's good. Abundant life is sacrificial life. You might want to put that in your notes. That's good. All right, so the old nature um, is this place. At the, in, in the beginning, I talked about how we are, we are separated from God be, because of sin, and there's this big gap between us. And uh, we have been given or inherited this sinful nature. And I didn't realize it was going to be that dark. Oh, well. Um, so these are from Galatians, um, and these are aspects, or these are characteristics of the old nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. Right? Left to my own devices, I am going to kind of fall in, in that direction. Right? I am not a great guy. All right, I am messed up, and there's this, this fallen fleshly nature that drags me towards the old nature, right? But Jesus came to bridge this gap, and so I say, Jesus, I love you. I, I, I want to follow you. I give you my life. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I'm able to turn my back, to repent, and turn from that old nature and pursue the new nature, Right, because I want to turn my back to the old nature because this stuff, though it promises to bring life, right? The, I've done a lot of stupid, dumb things in my life, and all of them were, I had this idea, like, this is going to be fun, or this is going to be life-giving, or this is going to bring me peace, or whatever. But everything that is contained in that old nature, that old way of life, just leads to separation, division in relationships. It, it leads to death and destruction, right? And so even though these things of the old nature, the things uh, of, of the kingdom of the enemy promise life, they bring death. And we have been saved through the cross, placed with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, and now we can run after these other things. We can run after love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, the fruit of the Spirit. Right? We can run after these things because when we pursue the new nature, it's in that place that we find reconciliation, 
with our friends and with our relatives. That it's in this new nature that we actually stop focusing on ourselves and we look to others. It's in this new nature where we humbly learn to lay our life down and to serve our brothers and our sisters. It's here in the new nature that we are empowered and given the grace to, to let go of power instead of striving and struggling to hold on to it. It's out of this new nature uh, that is given to us through Jesus Christ that we're able to love. We're able to actually give up our own rights and, and prefer others before ourselves. It's out of this new nature that we're able to live lives of thankfulness to God who has poured all of these good things into us. And so what does it mean to continually take up our cross and follow Jesus? It means to continually press into this new nature, this new path that Jesus has laid out for us. It means to, to continually do what Jesus has called us to do, which means deny ourselves— which sounds horrible, to take up our cross, which was the, the most painful, most horrible way to die that anybody could die. We're to, we're to embrace those things and follow Jesus. Because Jesus said, if, if we do this, if we pursue the new nature, if we pursue the things of God, as we pursue Jesus, it's in that place that we will actually find abundant life. And that's tough. This is one of those things that it, it seems like, oh, that, that'll preach really well, right? Oh, that sounds good to say it out loud from the pulpit, but it's much more difficult to live it in the daily life, right? And I have, there's, I have a million examples uh, of how my flesh rears up and I have to remember to consciously choose to take up the cross, to, to lay down my own rights and to serve Jesus. Um, one example, this is just a silly example, was that uh, I used to work at a place called Narandex. Most of my stories are about Fox Brothers. This one is about Narandex. And uh, Narandex, I worked there for about three years, and it was a siding, window, and door roofing retailer. Um, and so I was hired to be a delivery driver. I picked up boxes of siding, put them in a box, never put them in a truck, then took them out of the truck and carried them into a garage somewhere. That's what I did. Um, it was great. It was fine. And I had, I had to go somewhere with my boss one time. And as we were walking, we were walking back in, we go up these stores, and there is, or up these stairs, there is a, a little part of the parking lot where there's a bunch of weeds. And he said, he was like, oh, these weeds always bother me. Mark, will you um, just make sure that there's never weeds there? And I'm like, okay. And, and as we're walking up in, inside, I'm like, what are you talking about? Am I hired to be a gardener? No, I carry siding. Like, there was something inside of me like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> Actually, he could. He was, he was my boss, right? Like, but there is this thing inside. Has anybody else been there? It's like somebody tells you to do your job, and you're like, ugh, that's ridiculous. Nobody else. Awkward. All right, well, hey, whatever. <laughs> if you ever run into that, that's not good. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I was, and so I had to, I have, so even though I wasn't actually laying down any of my rights, there was something in my flesh that said, Mark, you should, you are better than this. You don't have to be pulling weeds, right? But 
the right action, right, the right attitude would have been just like, oh, I'm just going to take care of these weeds. I'm going to lay down my rights. That's a bad example because it's not really rights, right? Uh, I'm going to choose to lay down my rights to pull these weeds. Try to think, let me try to think of a better example. Um, I'm married, all right? And being married is a great opportunity to learn to take up your cross and to follow Jesus. Um, so, uh, for example, come home from a day uh, of hard labor, changing light bulbs here at the church. And, and I get home, and there's a, there's a pile of, of dishes. And, and I'm tired. I don't want to do the dishes. Amber's tired. She doesn't want to do the dishes. And she's like, Mark, will you please, will you please do the dishes? Like, everything inside me is like, what are you talking about? I just worked for 10 hours. I don't, ha- don't want to do that. I want to rest. I want to play Star Wars Battlefront. You know, I want to do this. And, and, I, like, and I have a right to do that. Like, I worked hard. I can sit down for a little bit. And yet, what Jesus calls us to do is to prefer our wife before ourselves. Right? And so, yeah, I, do I have a right to go and play Star Wars Battlefront? Probably. But I want to show. So I lay down my rights for Amber. And that is taking up my cross, learning to lay down what I want and what I want to accomplish and looking out for myself and learning to humbly serve and pour out my life for other people, right? And whether that's Amber or the people at the church or people at the grocery store, people that I run into on the street, how can I embody Christ by, by taking on the shape of, of the cross, laying my life down to serve others, Because I know and I believe the Bible. I believe Jesus when he says that when you lay down your life, when you serve other people, it's in that place, out of that new nature, that you will actually find abundant life. And so I have resolved to continually take up my cross and follow Jesus. And a lot of you are like, well, Mark, you've been working at the church for a few years. Shouldn't you have done that a while back? Yes, correct. I should have. Um, but I'm in process. We're all in process, right? And, and, and Jesus, just a, a few months ago, really drove this home because of a book I was reading. And I realized how often I am grasping for power and grasping for position and grasping for influence. And I'm like, you know what, Jesus? I just want to trust you. It's too much work. This is too much work. I'm just going to lay my life down and trust you, and serve you. Because I want to do this because I want to see this abundant life. Right? I want to bring life and love and joy and peace everywhere that I go. I want to bring it into my marriage. I want to bring it into my family, into my neighborhood. And I believe that as we step into this new nature, as we uh, humble ourselves, as we give up our own rights and our own power, and we live in this new nature, we're actually conduits of the kingdom of God, bringing in these, uh, the fruit of the Spirit into our communities. We're bringing the, the, the characteristics of the kingdom into our relationships and into our lives. And so I want to live out of that because I want to funnel light and life into my world. And the reality, when we live out of that old nature, right, we live in this, this self-serving, uh, power-grabbing, covetous nature, right, we're actually conduits of that kingdom. We're actually conduits of the kingdom of the enemy bringing more death and destruction into this world. 
And we're called to extend the kingdom. We're called to bring the kingdom to earth now as it is in heaven. And we do that by following Jesus, by laying down our lives and serving him. And so this year, I just want to encourage us all to pursue this abundant life, to continually take up your cross and follow Jesus, because that is where you will find it. And I have something that I would like to hand out to everybody. Hey, Bill, can you and Marilee help me? I mean, there's, those, there's a bunch of little, little wooden crosses. There's a hole in it. You could make a necklace or a key ring. Um, I just have been keeping it in my pocket. And it's just a reminder of what we are called to do. That we are called not to pursue our, our own desires, but to take up the cross, to live for Jesus, and in that place, find this abundant life. And if you're here today and you've never chosen to do this, you've never laid your life down to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just encourage you to take that step today. Because the reality is that it's only through Jesus that we're actually truly able to find life and that we're truly able to enter into the hope of his promises for his people. And if you have made that decision before in your life, I just encourage you to pray with me this morning as a, as a rededication to take up your cross and to follow Jesus. So let's pray together this morning. If you guys would stand up. And repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. And rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. And invite you to come in. Into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. And Father God, I just thank you for this new year, Father God, for a blank slate, for new opportunities, Father God, to pursue you with all that we have, with all that we are. And so, God, help us every day and every moment to continually take up our cross and follow you. And so to achieve and find your abundant life. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming this morning. Uh, we have a prayer team that will be on my right. If you have any prayer needs at all, if you...